So this drag queen rolls up to CNN's climate change town hall and is like, uh, excuse me, I have a question about banning meat. And I asked, is this guy representative of the American people? And the liberals, they freaked out. This guy is not representative of the American people, but he is emblematic of the freak show that was the climate change town hall, which put on display everything that is wrong with the American left by means of the Democratic presidential candidates. They wanna enter your home and they wanna tell you what kinds of products you can and cannot use. And then they wonder why people think we're crazy. Sorry, but you can't win an, a national election when you are saying this crap. You sound like you've lost your mind, which you clearly have. So CNN held this climate change town hall, and it was a nightmare. It's a completely partisan issue that in no way deserved a whole evening, and yet here we were watching, we're gonna take your straws, we're gonna take your meat, we're gonna take your light bulbs. And so I got in a, a little bit of trouble for some, from some like Media Matters editor or something, you know, some chick yelled at me yesterday for one of my tweets about an attendee, and don't worry, we'll get to that attendee in a moment, but first, our sponsor is NetSuite. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But if you own a business, you likely have a, a hodgepodge of business systems. You know, you've got one system for accounting, you've got another system for sales, you've got another system for inventory, and so on. It's a big, inefficient mess taking up too much time and too much of your resources, and that hurts your bottom line. But introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy to use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow your business big. With NetSuite, you save time, you save money, and you save unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting, orders, and HR insanity. It does it all in one system right from your desktop or your phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now they're offering you valuable insights with a free seven key strategies to grow your profits guide. And you can find that guide at netsuite.com slash WHB. NetSuite.com slash WHB. Go there now to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. Find it at netsuite.com slash WHB. All right, so this disastrous town hall, candidates, they decided they're coming into your home and they are changing the way you live your life. Do you ban plastic straws? I think we should. Yes. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. It's really difficult to drink out of a paper straw when you had, if you're just like, if you don't gulp it down immediately, it starts to bend. Yes. And, then, and then, you know, the little thing catches it. And then, you know, but, so we got to kind of perfect that one a little bit more. <laughs> so you'd ban it, but roll she says that she laughs maniacally. She knows she'll always have access to plastic straws. She's a member of the elite class. So the idea that you will have to be drinking out of a straw that doesn't work is freaking hysterical to her. She's coming for your straws, and that's not it. Joe Biden, whose eye was, uh, was casually bleeding, during the entire special, he says he's going to come and take your car. We can take millions of vehicles off the road if we had high-speed rail. I've been a champion of that for the last 25 years. We know the Carters where we could do that. It would literally take millions of vehicles off the road. Yeah, get your car off the road, you pollutant piece of dirt. And later, Biden went on to explain that this is why he tried to save the extremely cheap and extremely efficient wonder known as Amtrak. 
This is something I spent the bulk of my career on trying to save Amtrak and a few other little things like transportation. <laughs> Amtrak. Have you been on Amtrak? This is what Joe Biden wants to make your morning commute into? I mean, Amtrak, it's a disaster that can cost more than 400 bucks to go back and forth from New York to D.C. And, you know, on Amtrak, the way it works is even though they know exactly who's going where, where they're getting off, they could easily assign seats, you know, like a plane. But no, instead on Amtrak, you stand in a pit known as Penn Station and Five minutes before the train takes off, they say, go to gate number 12. And everyone rushes like cattle to get on and they stuff you into an escalator. And the chances of you getting a seat next to the person you're traveling with is like maybe 50-50. But instead, instead you might get seated next to somebody like this drag queen I mentioned at the top, who I don't know, might engage in a conversation with you about how we need to get rid of meat. The Amazon rainforest is currently burning after being cleared for the cattle and dairy industry to expand. And livestock being grown irresponsibly has caused an accumulation of CO2 in the atmosphere. As a senator from Minnesota, an agricultural state that produces large amounts of cheese and beef, how can young climate change activists like myself trust you to take on the beef and dairy industries that have so much influence in our government? Yeah, this is America. That's just, this is CNN trying to portray America. CNN's trying to portray a town hall that expresses the concerns of the American people, and these are the people they chose. I mean, this is, this is not an issue that the average American cares about, and that is evidenced by the fact that the people asking the questions are people like him. I mean, this kid is an elite. He's a member of the elite. He's studying at Columbia University. His eyelids are purple because uh, he puts makeup on in the morning, as you know, every man does, right? His shirt looks like an acid trip. His voice sounds like a baby's. And then they can't find, they can't figure out why Trump won because they have convinced themselves that this is who America is. And they are perplexed by actual Americans. Here is the average American, they say. And here is the president. How did this happen? We can't put the two do not commute, compute. I think it's because while the five people who watch your network may look and sound like that, the rest of the American people do not. And the rest of the American people have no interest in drinking through crumbling straws. And the rest of the American people have no desire to give up their cars. The rest of the American people have no desire to give up their trucks. The rest of the American people have no desire to take a several hundred dollar train every day to work. And the rest of the American people have no desire to give up eating meat. It's very simple. But if you want to drive to work or you want to drink your Coke through a straw that doesn't rip when you're drinking it, it actually makes you racist. Yeah, you know that? The question Julian Castro received was, what will your administration do to give a voice to environmental racism? And so my plan actually calls for new civil rights legislation to be able to address environmental injustice, including... including making sure that there is a private right of action to go to, to uh, file lawsuits against polluters. This is the way that it used to be until a Supreme Court case a few years ago. The problem is that when you get administrations like the Trump administration, you can't rely on the government to make a claim. I want to vest that power back in the people so that when we can show a disparate impact of certain practices of companies, of polluters, 
that everyday Americans are able to file suit to try and get some sort of recourse. Is that right, Julian? Is that right? I mean, if you have no clue what he's talking about, join the club, brother. Hurricanes don't come and say, oh, hmm, hmm, it looks like, is that a, is that a black community I see? Well, then that's the one I'm going to target. And it's not because of people who eat meat and drink through straws who are responsible for it. And yet that's what they're claiming. Polluters, they call it. You, please. I mean, these are people who just want to run your lives. And the people who want to just live their lives are the target of their insane policies. The left is freaking out because the Trump administration just ended a program that would phase out the kinds of light bulbs you put in your home. They, the program, you didn't know this, but there was a program in place that would phase out incandescent light bulbs. The Associated Press reports the Trump administration turned its deregulatory focus Wednesday to light bulbs, scrapping a rule that would have phased out less energy efficient incandescent light bulbs. Incandescent light bulbs are the ones that make it so that your home doesn't look like a hospital. They want you to put these hideous fluorescent lights in your house that make it look sterile and disgusting. And they want every light to be LED light, makes it feel sterile and cold, just like the dystopia they are trying to transform America into. You know, where government tells you what you can and cannot do in your own home. And if you break the rules, as Julian Castro warns, you will be punished. You can't enjoy the food you like. You can't drive the car you want. You can't enjoy the drinks you, the way you like to enjoy them. You can't enjoy the activities you like. You can't set the mood in your own home. This is Big Brother at its worst. And the Democratic presidential candidates acknowledge that they are all in favor of controlling you. All right, for our next segment, we go to the state of journalism in this country, which is basically dead, but... There are still a few actual journalists out there who don't just say, oh, a source told me this. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but you'll just have to believe me. That's not journalism. Our next guest actually gets them on camera saying things. And the mainstream media runs to you and says, don't believe what you just heard with your actual ears. Your ears are lying to you. Right now, we are joined by James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. James, thanks for being here. Great to be with you. So, James, you've exposed that Google is working against Trump. You've exposed the disdain Democratic candidates have for the American people. You've exposed their desire to mislead their constituents in order to win. You've gotten all of this on tape. You have the people saying it with their own mouths. And yet Washington says, no, 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 no. He's a liar. Meanwhile, we're told we have to believe their anonymous sources, someone who is close to the White House, someone with knowledge, told me this. How is that considered journalism and not gossip? Well, that's that's a great point. I mean, the problem with journalism is that uh, journalism has become a uh, a tool for those in power. The, the, when you utilize anonymous sources, you're basically withdrawing currency out of a bank. You 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 are depending upon the reputations of these journalists. But these days, uh, a lot of these journalists just quote people in government, so the government uses uh, media as a propaganda mechanism. And this is true whether it's said by me or Glenn Greenwald or left-wing intellectuals like Noam Chomsky. We live in a country that 
we our, our entire reason for being is to have an informed citizenry. And without an informed citizenry, we have no democracy. And right now it's very scary because there's no real investigative ad- adversarial journalism happening. And a lot of people like the fact that these companies like Google and big media companies are, are, uh, are protected and are not being investigated. But I would go so far as to argue that these big media companies have more power than all three branches of government. And therefore, they should be investigated and the journalists who are behaving unethically should be investigated as well. No, that, that's absolutely right. And they are upset that they are being investigated. There's a story out that there's a group of Trump allies who are going and they are going to investigate outlets like the New York Times, like CNN, like Washington Post, who have been lying with impunity. They've been telling lie after lie after lie about the president. We've exposed them on this show. We've shown you the things that they say that simply aren't true. It's getting to the point where it's a daily basis. And there's a group out there who's going and who's going to try expo- and expose those lies. And they are upset about it. We have Chuck Todd of NBC. Total hack. I mean, NBC is probably one of the biggest problems in this country when it comes to news organizations. And he's upset and he's calling it authoritarianism because they are threatening to investigate them. We have the clip. Let's watch. The president's supporters are developing a financial framework designed specifically to target journalists. This is not fun and it is not funny. And the press does not deserve it. Targeting journalists is not American. And you're targeting fellow Americans, by the way. And the American president who's supposed to uphold the Constitution, should be saying so. So they're saying that if you target journalists, in other words, if you call them out and expose their BS and expose their lies, you are akin to a, a communist dictatorship. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the, the whole idea of journalism is to shame the devil and tell the truth, to inform the public, right? Journalists are supposed to be the custodians of conscience. They're supposed to test and affirm what is an outrage to people. And these, in these days, media has all the power. I mean, there was a famous Soviet dissident, because I've heard a lot of metaphors about, you know, un-Americanism, and, and you hear Nazi thrown around, you hear Soviet Union thrown around. Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, that the, the press has more power than the legislative and the executive branch and the judicial branch of government. They have all the power, but none of the responsibility. And if they're doing something wrong, if they're lying, if they're misleading, if they're cheating, they deserve to be exposed. I hear the word target, but it's really about investigating malfeasance. It, they're a subject of investigation. When, when the media is broken and the media manufactures consent, a phrase originally given by Walter Lippmann, used by Noam Chomsky in a, in a book called Manufacturing Consent, when they propagandize the masses and they lie to people, they deserve to be investigated. The public has a right to know that they are, that they are lying. And this is, not, this is not a new concept. This goes back to uh, the 20th century. Muckrakers were, were frustrated by the press's activities. So Yes, because in the era of Trump, it's about Donald, what Donald Trump says, but the media deserves to be held to account. And of course, they don't think so because they don't think there's anything wrong with themselves. They don't have the ability to practice introspection. And that's exactly what led us to Donald Trump getting elected in the first place. So I would say the Project Veritas and what we're doing is we're, we're actually you know launching investigations into the media, separate and aside from the ones mentioned in this report that you mentioned. We're doing separate things. But absolutely, the press, and, and, and I would include Facebook and Google into what the press is these days, they need to be investigated. They need to be held accountable because they have so much power uh, to influence people in the United States. Yeah, and, and, and what I love, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right that Facebook and all of these social media companies, they are the media. They've made the decision that they are 
not going to be just platforms where anyone can say what they want. They are actually going to have an active role in uh, in deciding what can and cannot be put on their platforms. That's a whole separate issue as to whether they should be treated as publishers or platforms. Uh, what I love about what you do is that you're unabashed about where you stand because you have a lot of these people in the media who say, oh, we're we're just uh, we're objective reporters. Uh, is it w- would you say it's fair to call you um, an activist journalist? Uh, no, I don't, no? I don't, I don't, I mean, first of all, I, I think that activist journalists are okay as long as you're reporting facts, as long as you're giving people the truth. I mean, some of the best journalists in the 20th century, Upton Sinclair, um, uh, Jack Anderson, uh, uh, Seymour Hirsch won the Pulitzer Prize for the Vietnam my lie, me lie massacre. These people were extremely activists. These people had agendas. In fact, some of the best muckrakers in the early 20th century were all socialists. More power to them as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't matter what your agenda is as long as you're reporting the facts accurately. And what happened it happened in recent decades is that, especially in the last 10 years, is that it became no longer about the facts. It was only opinion. It was only conjecture. It was all anonymous sourced crap. There was no actual substance to the reports. And there was, a, and there was an emphasis on what, 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 uh, what was important versus what was true. So you, you have a lot of this activism now that has not grounded in any fact whatsoever. But I, 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 I believe that there is a crusade inherent in in journalism you know you're trying to write you're trying to create reforms i think that there should be reform on google i i I have no problem with being synergistic with the trump administration to that end does that make me an activist well all journalism is activism because you're trying but that's not the problem the problem is these people there's no facts anymore nothing i mean chuck you just showed me a thing from chuck dodd he wasn't giving you any facts he was opining he was propagandizing he was giving a sermon I don't give sermons in my work. I don't I don't advocate for public policy solutions. In fact, we believe that the public policy solutions become self-evident when people agree on what the facts are. No, and that's why journalism is so broken these days. No, I, I completely agree with you. And you, you show that, I mean, your work is literal video of people saying things, you know, right. so there, you know, so there's no doubt that you are providing the American people with the facts. But you you would say that you're not uh, there's no activism in in your work. I don't think there's any difference in the work that we're doing and the best work of 20th century investigative journalism. All journalism ought to be investigative, and all investigative journalism is inherently trying to achieve some type of reform. A government agency is not stepping up and doing its job, like in the case of this Google Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Google is running afoul of the law. Well, something needs to be reformed. And that's that's inherent in journalism, right? If you're if you're doing an investigation exposing uh, public sector housing discriminating against African Americans, you're an activist insofar as that the journalism suggests there ought to be a reform. Uh, I don't know of any journalist. I can't think of a journalist who who didn't take a certain uh, activist stance in wanting to have the institution they're investigating reform. So what I want is for there not to be a double standard. If you you can't if you want to say I'm a non-journalist, then who are all the hell these people on TV that read off teleprompters? Are they non-journalists too? Is Rachel Maddow a non-journalist because she's an activist? I don't even take position. I don't even advocate solutions. So what we have in society is we have a bunch of people on TV and writing opinion columns 
uh, trying to uh, say that certain people are non-credentialed journalists. I think that journalism is an activity. It is not an identity. It is something that you do. It is a behavior. And I think that, frankly, most of the people randomly on the street taking out their cameras, recording, I don't know, an Antifa rally, are doing more journalism than what Chuck Todd does every day reading teleprompters in an air-conditioned studio. It's just, things are so, so broken in media, and I, and, I, and I really believe sincerely that of all the things that need to be investigated, the media, the New York Times, CNN, NBC, Google, and Facebook are, are pretty high on the priority list of things that need to be investigated. Sure, but what you choose, and this is something they don't acknowledge, but everything from the stories you choose to cover, from the words you choose to describe the stories that you are covering, uh, gives some sort of uh, hint to, to your to your worldview. So this idea that these people are objective, this idea that they don't have an agenda, this idea that they are not trying to uh, affect some sort of political outcome, I think is bogus. And I think that their dishonesty is really shameful. You have Brian Karam at the White House saying that he's an objective reporter for Playboy. You know, this guy is sitting out there literally ass verbally assaulting Sebastian Gorka because he disagrees with Gorka's way, uh, whatever Gorka believes in, disagreeing with him, yelling him at the him at the White House, and I believe you confronted him, did you not? For that, I did. I actually, some people asked me about that. I walked up to Brian Karam. So just from background, Brian Karam um, invited me five years ago to an event for journalists who have been to jail. I have been to jail. I have been falsely accused. Uh, I, I recorded a, a senator in a federal building with a camera. That's not illegal, by the way, to do that. And I was arrested, and I was falsely accused of doing something even worse that I did not do. So there was an event for jail journalist Judith Miller, uh, Brian Karam, uh, the man who confronted Sebastian Gork on the White House lawn, was arrested for, for not disclosing a source. Uh, this is in journalism a sacrosanct. You don't give up your sources no matter what. And you appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. So I had a relationship with Brian. I mean, I, I we may, may disagree on some issues, but fundamentally, I, I, t I walked up to him that day after Sebastian and him got into a, 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 a I guess it was almost a fight. And I said, Brian, we're supposed to be on the same team, but stop vilifying me. Stop vilifying the people who are here at this event. We're supposed to be fighting for the same thing, which are facts. And that's what, you know, some people misinterpreted and thought I was trying to be goody two-shoes with Brian Karam. I'm trying to reach out to these people. I, I had said the same thing to uh, the reporter at New Yorker. What's her name? Um, I've forgotten her name, but the, uh, there's a reporter at the New Yorker magazine who do, who do these long-form articles. And I, I brought it to my office, and I tried to have an actual conversation with her, but they don't want to listen. So I said, Brian, we are on the same team. We're fighting for truth. We're fighting for transparency. If you want to go after the NRA, more power to you. I don't. I, I just believe that people need to have more information about society's institutions. I genuinely believe that. If I don't go after every institution, that's okay. Nobody goes after everybody. You choose what you think is important. And that's part of the values ingrained in journalism. We have to choose what we highlight. But I, I, I tried to reach out to Brian, and Brian responded by saying, oh, I'm a fan of yours. I, I think he meant that. I don't know if he was being <laughs> serious there. But, but that's what he House Lawn. So you believe in going after certain institutions. Project Veritas is now recruiting, right? Yes. And, yes, that's and, the, and you're that's going after. What are you guys doing now, and who are you going after, and who are you trying to target, and what are you guys trying to do? 
Well, our big initiatives right now are, are Google and Facebook and big tech. I mean, we, we have insiders inside these companies. We've released a few stories. I know that the audience watching this broadcast has seen them. Uh, we have people on the inside of YouTube and Google who are working with us. And these are heroic people. These are people who are going to lose their jobs so the public can learn about the code that shows secret things, some of which I can't say right now. But what we're recruiting for is recruiting for journalists to come apply to work here. Wearing hidden cameras, going undercover, it's not for everyone. But if that sounds like something that appeals to you, if you want a career doing undercover work and investigative reporting, and you exhibit some of these characteristics, you, you have a justice complex. You, you believe that you must expose society's wrongs, injustices. The, 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 the sacred cows, the places that CNN and New York Times do not want to expose. We're not afraid. In fact, I would say that we're one of the only institutions in the United States which is going after these behemoths and we're the tip of the spear. If, th if this sounds like you, we want you to go to our website, projectveritas.com uh, slash be brave, projectveritas.com slash brave, and we want you to apply to be a full-time undercover reporter. We're hiring for these positions. We want you to go on our website and apply and we're going on a big hiring recruitment uh, a push over the next 30 days. And so you're reaching out to people who may be working in Google, who may be working in Facebook, who may be working in these tech giants and saying, <laughs> basically saying, if you want to risk your uh, if you want to risk your job, come do investigative work for us. Um, well, that's that. I mean, that's that, that's risky work. But the kinds of people I would imagine that you'd get from that um are the people who are really interested in getting the truth out there and are really interested in actually um, making it so that these companies can't get away with what they've been doing now for years and getting away with censorship, which is absolutely what it is, getting away with bias and getting away with saying, oh, it's our algorithm. It's our algorithm that's banning these people. Meanwhile, no one on the right is getting targeted. I mean, excuse me, no one on the left is getting targeted. It's only people on the right who are getting targeted. And you are saying if you are in this organization and you don't think this is right, uh, come work for us. Yeah, it's twofold. So you either applying to be a full-time investigative undercover reporter where you have to go and you have to go infiltrate or build relationships with people such that they can spill the beans, or you're on the inside. We are recruiting both. And if you're on the inside, there's a separate way to contact us. You can go to projectveritas.com slash brave and submit there, or you can email us at veritastips at protonmail.com. So we're recruiting both full-time people to come work here and wear hidden cameras, and we're also recruiting insiders. Now, to address your point, it takes extreme moral courage to do this. You might be asking, what type of person would lose their job? Well, let me tell you something. We live in very strange times right now. I mean, our country is so divided, and this is we're, we're gearing up for maybe one of the biggest political fights of our lifetime with Warren and Trump and, and everything that comes along with that. And these companies, Google and Facebook, are lying under oath in Congress about what they are doing. And if they can adjust their algorithms, they can, they can change elections, and they know that. And there's a number of people, and I know these people because I'm working with them, that are so willing to, to lose it all for a cause. And they have no forum to go to. They're not, they're not going to go to the New York Times. The New York Times is not going to tell their story. 
people inside Google come to the New York Times and say, oh, by the way, their algorithms are trying to defeat Trump. You think the New York Times is going to meet with that anonymous source? No, they're going to sell them out and send them, send them to Google and say, by the way, you have someone in your ranks that's betraying the cause. So they, these insiders are brave, and I know them. One of them is Eric Cochran, who came public on Pinterest. And if that sounds like you, I will, I will defend you. I will even, in some cases, pay your legal bills. I have never lost a lawsuit that I have fought. We are protected by Supreme Court precedent in working on these stories. New York Times versus United States, also known as the Pentagon Papers. We are willing to, I, I'm going to take the arrows, but I believe so deeply in this cause that we are recruiting both full-time undercover people, and we want you to go to our website, projectveritas.com slash brave. We want you to apply. If you're on the inside of these tech companies, we want you to work with us confidentially. I will fly to meet with you and, uh, and take it from there. James O'Keefe, one of the true journalists in our country. Thanks, James. We appreciate your time. Thank you, for, thank you for having me on. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.